In this unique episode of the Business Brilliance Podcast, listener discretion is advised. Some topics and conversations may be considered controversial, but we'll let you decide for yourself. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you for this time with my brother, Michael, Lord. I just thank you that I, I, I just love his heart, Father. I just thank you for the things that you called him to do. Lord, I thank you. I pray, Father, that you will continue to use him, Lord, that he will continue to touch lives all around the world, Father. Father, I thank you for the, the gift you have gifted him with, Father. And we just thank you for this time. Lord, this is, hey, this is your time, Father. And we're just going to have a good time today. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Welcome to the Business Brilliance Podcast, where every week we talk to business owners and entrepreneurs and get to know their business brilliance and share it with you. I am your host, Michael Santanato, and I'm a business owner and entrepreneur myself, and I just love talking business. Not like big corporate conglomerate business, but real grassroots, everyday people business. So if you're like me and you want to know what makes business owners successful and brilliant, and you love the journey of the entrepreneur from nothing to something, then join us every week and share it with a friend as we peel back the brilliance and implement it in our life and business. Now let's get on with the episode. Welcome everyone to the Business Brilliance Podcast. I am your host, Michael Santanato, and we've got a great episode for you here today. I'm so excited. Our guest is Gustavo Ortega. You may not know Gustavo Ortega. However, today you will. He is the founder and creator of Gustavo Ortega Productions. He produces music. He produces documentaries, video, all kinds of production for wedding, corporate, film, music, just all kinds of greatness. He is an extraordinary man. You're going to get to know him today and his journey of where he was and how he got to where he is today. And listen to this. He's just celebrating, we are celebrating, a recent achievement, a major milestone. He has got over 1 billion views on his videos on YouTube. Woo! Huge congrats. Huge congrats. Give it up, everybody, for for Gustavo Ortega. He's a good friend of mine. I met him recently. I met him a few months ago. My family and I were on a vacation trip in Jamaica. And I'm sure this sounds great. And you're thinking Jamaica and beaches and, and warmth and all that stuff. And don't get me wrong, those things were there. But for me, so far at that point in the vacation, not a pleasant experience. You'll hear about that some other time. We were staying in Mo Bay. That's Montego Bay. And I was there with my family. We're not having a great time. At least I wasn't anyway. We switched from Mo Bay halfway through the vacation to a nice little villa in Negril and everything changed. But what really changed was I met Gustavo and this man basically performed for me a miracle in the water, changed my life in a few minutes in, uh, in, a, in a prayer. And um, this guy comes along and we just start talking and we hit it off. We connect on a thousand different things all about mindset and spirituality and how success works and things like that. And, and he's a man of God. He's not a Christian. He's not a man of any specific religion. I'll let him tell his story and how he got there and, and how he turned his life around. But let me just say to all our listeners out there and, and to Gustavo, you changed my life that day. And it was an experience I'll always remember. And you've turned me on to a mentor named Dr. Miles Monroe, who I listen to regularly, who's also changed my life. So you've been many, many blessings to me, brother. I thank you so much. And thank you for being on the show today. It's great to have you. Thank you, brother. <laughs> it's an so, honor to be here with you, Michael. 
I love you, brother. You are my good friend from Canada. I got other friends in Canada, but you are very special to me, brother. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. So for everyone who doesn't know, Gustavo is in Orlando, based in Orlando, Florida, the, the bright and beautiful, sunny Orlando. You run this video and film production company out there. Tell me, tell us about that. Yes. Um, wow. 11 years ago, 12 years ago, I actually started in photography 12 years ago. Let me backtrack a little. I actually come from the music industry. Nice. I was in a music group for eight years, traveled the world singing. I'm a singer. I was in like in a little boy band, kind of voice to man kind of style of music. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, we wrote our own stuff. I mean, we produced everything, you know, and my background is is actually music, man. It's crazy that I actually ended up quitting high school because of music. Like no I way. Out of high school. Wow. Yeah. High I mean, school dropout for music. This, this is how serious I love music. <laughs> <laughs> I felt music was an outlet for me, you know? Yeah. Back then. And the crazy thing that, like, now I realize that I'm a visual learner. And so school for me was very difficult because back then they simply would just throw a book at you and just kind of like, hey, figure it out on your own type of thing. It wasn't really that hands-on kind of training or like teaching students. And school was very frustrating to me. So I found an outlet through music. Wow. So. Yeah, when I was in the 11th grade, man, I, I was actually, I linked up in a group. As a matter of fact, I was in a group. This was like my first group, you know, a little boys group. And we ended up going to Star Search, no <laughs> <laughs> which was like the first American Idol kind of show, you know? Yes, that's right. Yeah, so we went to Star Search and you know what? We ended up winning the competition. No way. So when we win the competition, bro, I was like, this is my outlet to leave school. <laughs> yeah, this is my ticket out. This is my ticket out. This is my ticket out. Like, this is my answer. Yes. <laughs> yes. Were you, what was, what was your role in the group? Were you the baritone, soprano, choreographer? I was more of the tenor kind of voice. Okay. More in the middle. Yep. Yeah. So I played that, that, that vocal there, that voice, that part. And it was fun, man. It was fun. I, I remember when I was in, in high school. Like, I used to sing soprano with the girls. <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, was, I just had such a range, you know? And the yes. girls were like, <laughs> look at me all, like, jealous. And, like, <laughs> oh, so you got yeah, in with the girls. Yeah, so I started with the girls and stuff like that. Just, like, sure. you know, on high pitch. I don't think I hit puberty. <laughs> <laughs> right, no, no. Yeah, no, I could yeah. go that high. <laughs> but uh, it was cool, man. It was a great experience. And from there, I really fell in love with music. So when I linked up with this group and we did the Sartre thing, we won the competition. Nice. And I was like just blown away, man. We got two contracts to record a whole album in Tennessee. What? Yeah, man. No it was way. an awesome thing. And I was like, okay, this is my opportunity to talk to my dad. So... When I get home from school, I was like, Dad, this is what happened. You know, we won this competition, blah, 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 all this stuff. And, like, this is my opportunity to make it in the music industry. And, you know, my father comes from 14 brothers and sisters. Wow. Yeah, my father's been working since the age of, like, five or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah, crazy. Five years old. He retires, <laughs> like, in two months. He's pulling <laughs> up weeds. He's, like, pushing a lawnmower five years old. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, for him, me, for him, Drop for me dropping out of school wasn't a big deal for him. Okay, because he was from my mother, but he was like, you know what, you're an adult, you make that decision. Wow. And guess what, you're gonna have to live with that decision the rest of your life. So wow. it was like, you know what, I 
I, I ended up choosing my decision, man, over school. And till this day, I've never been back to school. And it's crazy, but I, I have two sons now, which I will encourage school to the very end. <laughs> you know, school is very important. I, I don't I don't bash school. I believe in school. But you know what? Some people, man, it's, it, it, they, they have a different direction in life. Yeah. And for me, that was that different direction. And I took it. And so I started the music industry. And guess what? One month after that competition, the group split up. <laughs> but why? You just got this two album deal. Exactly. The group split up because it was a fight between two of the members of the group. Yeah. That just became chaos and they couldn't even forgive each other and all this stuff. Oh, no. And the group split up. So what so were you like what that's my meal ticket. No, I need that. <laughs> were you trying I to put was, them back together? Dude, I was so devastated. I was like, this was my chance. Yeah, yeah. Like what what am I gonna tell my dad now? He's gonna shoot me now, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. so, yeah, so it was crazy, man. But you know, I was I was young then, I was like around 18 or so. And um, so I'm just gonna share a little bit of my story, my journey. Basically, um, I had two friends after that whole situation happened. I had two friends of mine that came. They were after me over a year to move to Orlando. Okay. I lived in Ocala, which is like an hour and a half north from Orlando. Okay. So they told me about Orlando. Yo, this place called Orlando, man. This, I mean, there's opportunities out there like there isn't out here because it's country out where I live. And and you know what? I was like, nah, I'm cool where I'm at. <laughs> I'm still with mom and dad. <laughs> Yeah, you well, know, you're like, what, 17 at this time? Yeah, 17. So, okay. yeah, 17 yeah. or 18. And, um, you know, I was cool being with my parents for a while. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, so over a year, man, after after me, over a year, over a year, over a year, I they finally convinced me to move. And I took wow. the, yeah, like, I took the step. I was like, Dad, I'm, now I'm moving out of your house. How about that? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> He's like, hey, son, man, I bless you. Thank you for telling me no. I bless you. And, you know. We're here for you all the time, you know? Yes. So, dude, it was a crazy journey, man. So check this out. So then at that time, around that time, 18 or so, yeah, I, I, I had a real true encounter with the living God that created the cosmos of the universe. Because I was born in church all my life, but I didn't know. See, when you're born in church, you just, you just follow what your parents do, you know, yes. like the, the traditions and all that stuff. But in reality, I've, I've heard about God all my life. And I was like, at the age of 18, I made a decision. And I said, you know what? I said, if you are the God of that Bible, I need you to show yourself God in my life. I want to be able to trust you with all my heart. And dude, I went to this youth convention in Orlando. And what the preacher was preaching, I was like, it just felt for me like that message was directly intended for my life. Right. And from there, it, bro, from there... I, I made a decision to serve the king and my life has never been the same since that time, bro. And Incredible. so that was, that was my beginning of my spiritual walk with God. Yes. Now I remember you telling me this when we met in Jamaica, cause I was like, how did you come upon this knowledge? Cause it wasn't religious and I was raised Catholic. And like I told you, I was raised, my parents took me to church. Like I had no say in the matter every Sunday till I'm 14. I went to Catholic school, you know, high school and elementary school was both Catholic, hardcore, like Catholic. My mom read the readings at mass. My dad was the accountant for the church. We grew up in a 
lived in a Catholic home, like very, you know, there were statues and paintings throughout the house of God and Mary and, and all that stuff. But when I met you, your message was not directed to, it, it, it was not, a, it, would, it was not from a religion. It was from another place. I'm like, where did you get this? What is this? And then you told me about this thing that happened at a red light, yes. at, at a traffic light. Can you tell yeah. us that story? Share with us right. that. So, yeah. So at that time we, we were invited for a youth convention in Orlando for three days. So I was in my car, I was driving and there was three other buddies with me. So there was mm-hmm. four of us in the car. Yes. And we were like in the car, we were like, dude, let's just pray. If this thing is legit in Orlando, let's just pray that our lives are changed forever. <laughs> That's crazy, bro. I'm getting chills right now. I can't believe four guys, 18 years old at a red light, asked that question. <laughs> dude, and in that red light, I prayed in my heart. I, it was like a quiet prayer. And I said, if you are real, I've heard about you all my life. But if you are real, I need you to show yourself to prove to me that you exist and that I can fully trust you. Bro, that little simple prayer was it. Was it because it was like it came from the deepest part of my heart. Right. And God heard it. Right. Yes. Because there's a scripture that says, when you seek me with all your heart, then you will find me. Yes. So it had to come from a cry in my heart to know, to want to know God more. Yes. I, I see what you mean there. And I see the difference there. I feel like there's a difference between people praying and asking for things and, and talking to God, you know, let's say from their mind or from their ego versus a genuine ask in their heart. I feel like there's a big difference there. Correct. Absolutely. And so that moment, that weekend changed my life. That message was for me. And bro, to be honest, oh, so so what happened? So after that convention and everything, I go back home to my parents and my boys are still after me. Yo, let's move to Orlando. Let's move to Orlando. Okay. So a year passed. <laughs> a year passed. Yeah. I'm making the decision to leave to Orlando. We moved to Orlando and it's like worst place than I, I came from. <laughs> yes. It was like deserted, bro. I felt like I felt <laughs> like I was in a desert. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. So check this out. So so I moved to Orlando six months later. The two dudes that were after me for a whole year, they moved back to Ocala. What? They left me hanging dry. After they were trying to get you for a year to come to Orlando? For a year. Six months later, they left back home. Okay. And that, to me, was the turning point. Okay. Because God spoke to me and said, I set you up. You really thought that? <laughs> yes. You I really believed believe it. that? I said, you did this to me. You took me out of my comfort zone to mold my heart, to, to create character in me, to prepare my life for something. You set me up. What are you talking about? Who has that kind of wisdom at 18? Dude. Who has that kind of wisdom at 18? Because I took God. That's how serious I took him at his word. That's how serious I prayed that prayer in my heart. I said, if you are real, show yourself real in my life. That's how serious I was with God, bro. I wasn't playing around. So you moved. And then you, and then your buddies left and went back and you took it and you took it as a sign from God that this is my challenge. This is my purpose. I'm supposed to be here. You put me here. Correct. So then I said, all right, you're going to provide for my life. I'm a high school dropout. Everywhere I apply for a job, they want a, a college degree. And guess what, bro? I started seeing the favor of God like nothing before opportunities started coming my way doors started i started getting jobs where they they needed high school diplomas and i was like i started understanding that he's in control that when his favor is upon your life bro no man can ever stop you from fulfilling your purpose (laughs) it was the coolest thing bro 
And so I started under, uh, just getting a better, better understanding of God is on my side. He opens doors. He gives me favor with people. It ain't nothing that I do that I'm great, that I'm better than anybody. No, it's that he favored me. And so he gives you a grace with people, bro, that people just start loving on you. People start just opening doors for you. People start, bro. It's like through people, God uses, bro, it's the gift of grace, bro, on your life that you can't explain. And now some great resources that we are excited to share with you. www.whatsmyrefund.com Whatsmyrefund.com is a website that will bring you to a tax recovery service for Canadians. This is a fantastic company that I've used over the years, and I think it's a brilliant resource. I just have to share it with you. Did you know that there are over $2 billion that the Canadian government knows they owe to Canadian citizens? This is a tax recovery service that will go through 10 years of your taxes for you on your behalf using a brilliant algorithm that they've created, which will quickly and instantly recognize in a short period of time if you have money that's owing to you from the government. They charge nothing up front. If they find anything, their fee is 33% of whatever they recover. It takes two minutes to fill out the application online, and you'll know within a short period of time if you'll be getting a refund. I myself personally have received over $3,000 from a refund, and this is after my father and I completed our taxes together. Oh, and by the way, my dad was a bank manager, and he completed taxes for people on the regular. Much love, Dad. Thank you so much. But this service is dedicated to your tax recovery. Go to www.whatsmyrefund.com. It's not explainable. You start seeing favors, doors open that no man can open. Only God can open. <laughs> Things that don't make sense. Like, yeah, like. The impossible. Yeah, he the, is the God of the impossible. <laughs> right. Like the, the logical, rational, step-by-step thinking of the mind. Right. That's not in play here. You're talking about, you're talking about quantum energy. You're talking about like, like manifestations, miracles, maybe even like the quote, the impossible when it happens, like these people that have these, you know, success stories or like, you know, how did you do that? Well, I I don't know. It it just happened, you know, like, (laughs) so what did you get into next? How did you find work? How did you sustain yourself? I like that you said, God, you're, you're the provider. Cause that's, that's very smart at 18. That's humbling. But I got to say, at 18 years old to say, I don't know nothing. Correct. I, I got no sway over this. I need help here. You're going to help. You're going to work my life for me. So you tell me what to do and I'll do it. Absolutely. Here's so that's the very humble. At the bottom, you have no place but to look up. Okay. Okay. I get that. So where did you go next? What happened? So then I started working, working, getting, you know, moving from place to place, seeking. I would get raises. I would get promoted. I would get to a different job and just like slowly but surely. I started understanding the power of management because it's in the management that produces growth. It's in the management that produces growth. Yeah. So, so management of what management of your time, of your resources, of how, of managing how, how you act. So I I did a lot of work with customer service. I worked in the hotel industry and that to me taught me the power of customer service, how to go the extra mile with people. Despite the attitude that you would receive, because the hotel business is like, ah, yeah. my room looks jacked or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you would get like these kind of attitudes. That taught me to be patient with people. That taught me to love people in spite of, I'm like, you know what? I had to put myself in their shoes. What kind of day are they having? Yeah. Let me have a better attitude. 
And so to me, that's all part of management. But I didn't know that was part of management back then. But I was being a good steward of my job, showing up on time. You know, all these things promoted me to the next level. (laughs) And then later, years later, is where I discovered the most magnificent life, which is I want to share, share with your viewers that I am an ambassador of a country, of the most beautiful country that ever exists. I represent my government and my country wherever I go. So I've learned that through him, here's the thing. God is very interested in management since day one. Before he created Adam, there's a scripture, beautiful scripture that says, there's not a shrub of the field that has sprung up yet. Why? Because God hadn't sent rain on the earth yet. Why? Because there wasn't a man to work the ground. So when there's no management, God retards growth. Oh, snap. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, snap. Wait a sec. Hold on. Everybody that's listening needs to just, I'm sure everybody just paused right now. And they're like, what? (laughs) What did he just say? Because this is a business podcast and this is about your business and management is part of business. So you said no management means no growth? Correct. Where there is no management, God retards growth. Bro. Okay. All right. And Keep going. principle to me has changed my world. Yes. Because you know what? I know some of the most gifted people on the earth, but the one thing they lack is management and they don't go nowhere. They don't get opportunities. Doors don't open for them because they lack the power of management. <laughs> this is, this is why I love talking to you. Cause I just want to like, I just want to stop the, the show and be like, okay, um, Gustavo, what do you mean by that? Because I'm so because I'm so intrigued, but thank goodness we're recording. We don't need to pause because this is for the people anyway. So let's keep going. So by the way, so you're an ambassador. You represent your government and your country everywhere you go. And for everyone listening, you're not talking about the United States. No, I have dual citizenship. Okay. I have a citizenship here in America. I am an American. I have my citizenship here in America. And I also have a citizenship in heaven. Explain that. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Who 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 stamped the papers? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I am not from Earth. I came to Earth on an assignment. Wow. That's the thing. We are not from Earth. The Bible explains to me that I came from within God. From the beginning of time, I came from within God. And the Bible says that he set the end before the beginning. I believe that God designed life and he fulfilled it. And then he gave me birth to start that journey. <laughs> you, ah, dude, we like, I hope everyone's brains are getting as scrambled as mine right now. <laughs> and this is, this is, oh, I'm getting chills. Like, so yeah. I just, I just want to pause for a second. You know, I think this is how you got a billion views on YouTube. Because, because look, I'm going to start the episode with this big highlight. And okay, so he's got a huge milestone. He's got a billion views on YouTube. People are going to be like, oh, wow, like what techniques did he use? And what lighting does he have? And who's he working with? And how do you get the No, it's none of that. You're a man. Here's what I know about you. You're a man on purpose. You're a man on a mission. You're a man of God. You're a man who's committed to helping others. You're, you're a man who's committed to service. You're a father. You're a great father. You have a couple of kids. You got a great wife. You got a great family. I'm so excited, you know, to meet your wife and, your, and meet your family because after meeting you that day in Jamaica, you know, they weren't there, right? And when we met, you were shooting a video, by the way, right? You were there in Jamaica to shoot a video with an artist that you were shooting with. That's right. Right. Yeah, and, I was there shooting the music video. Absolutely. And this guy, we met him, and he has a lot of flipping views on YouTube. 
Yeah. He's a successful guy. He's got a great brand. He's got a good thing. He's got great videos. But my wife even likes his music. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's crazy, man. But that's my purpose in life is to check this out. My purpose in life is to transform followers into leaders and leaders into agents of change. Amazing. Yeah. That's that's, that's an ambassador. I've heard that before, no? Yes. That's from Dr. Miles Monroe. Correct. So and I believe I believe I carry the mantle of my mentor. Yeah. Because like I said, I represent a government. Jesus Christ came to earth to bring a government to earth and he's a king. <laughs> so I don't serve a president just a president, you know, I, I cooperate with presidents, but I serve a king. That's the difference. And in my kingdom, check this out. My king said, okay, so most kings on the earth, the people have to serve them. But the kingdom of God is opposite. The king came to earth to serve man. The king came to earth to serve man. (laughs) He said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve my children. Right. A true king does serve, you know, like a true king is is committed to service. So I don't know if we talked about before, but there's this men's course that I did several, several years ago. Uh, It's called MDI, Men's Development International. and And the course is called Legacy Discovery. And they talk about how, I think it was Freud has these four archetypes represented by the male and it's the warrior at the base level the magician at the next level the lover at the next level and then the king at the last level and and they each have different characteristics and so the warrior is all about physical and fight and taking care of and and um, crusading and that sort of thing the magician is all about a little bit of like trickery and like intelligence and uh little bit of like creativity and, 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 um, you know, manifesting things. And then the lover is loving on people, loving his partner, loving his family, loving his uh, spouse, provider, caretaker, caregiver, you know, and, and love with, with passion, with his whole heart. And then the king is all about abundance and the king is about serving and the king is about his people and all is well in my kingdom. And I take care of any, everyone in my kingdom and I, and I serve them and there's enough to go around in my kingdom for all my people. (laughs) That's it. And that's how God's kingdom operates. And it's the most powerful thing. That's why I say I have dual citizenship. Here's the thing why I say that. When the world and America, there's a recession, in heaven, there's no recession. Right. Because the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's. The only concept of Lord in America is the one we rent from. He's called the landlord. He's the landowner. Yes. Okay, so the Bible says the earth is the Lord's. Yes. He owns the earth. The Bible says, and the fullness thereof, the world and they who dwell in it. Yes. So check this out. A king personally owns everything. Yes. Well, it, the rivers, the yeah. trees, yeah. the people, the dogs, everything. Yeah, the buildings, the the the, the resources, the, the the berries, the food, the cattle. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why Jesus said these words. He said, "Why do you worry about your life? What you will drink, what you will wear." It's amazing that he said those words. He said, why do you worry about those things? He knew we would worry about the simplest things of life. Those three things. Every day we wake up for food, water, and shelter. Yeah. And he said, why do you worry? I own everything. Yeah. He said, but first seek my kingdom first. Seek that. Seek to get into the kingdom. And all these things you're seeking for will be added to your life. Right. I provide those to you. Yeah. 
it's, it's amazing because I had a friend of mine on the podcast last week and his name's Dominic and he talked about abundance and I've heard him on another podcast and I met him. He's a great friend of mine. He's an executive coach, great guy. And he talks about abundance and he says there's more than enough raindrops that will ever fall on the planet that you could ever count. There's, there's more than enough leaves on the trees in the country alone than you could ever count. There's more than enough seconds in your lifetime that you could ever count. There's more than enough food that you'll eat. There's more than enough laughs that you'll hear in your life than you could ever count. There's an overflowing abundance of all things on this planet that's given to us and taken care of at all times. But people walk around with these lack mentalities and these scarcity mentalities. And we're not conditioned for this abundance. We're usually conditioned for this lack. Absolutely. You know what's the most insulting thing to a king what's that it's a it's a begging son a what the bible says that we are children of god there's nothing more insulting to a king than a begging child a begging child a begging child oh, begging a child that goes hungry correct because you demonstrate that the king is a negligent king yes you're telling him you're not sufficient enough to provide my needs well who's saying that the city the people the, the family the person the people yeah the as far as what? Who's saying that it's a, who would be making that statement? This is a negligent king we have just by observing that child. There's this thing called commonwealth. The wealth is common within its citizens. So that means there's no lack. <laughs> if, the, if the wealth is distributed among everybody, there's no lack. So what happens is there's a lot of people that, that struggle financially here on earth. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, totally. So like there's people that claim to be in the kingdom but carry around huge amounts of debts, sickness in their bodies. And you know what I'm saying? Like if we are truly in the kingdom of God, then we should represent that kingdom. In other words, we should be walking in that culture of healing, of being prosperous, of being, you know what I mean? Yeah. Of being healthy, of being, uh, having great relationship with people. Yes. Like that should be, a part of our culture. So, you know, when, when we beg God, God doesn't want beggars. Okay. He's, he's sufficient enough to meet our needs. He said, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. Nice. (laughs) In other words, if he owns everything, here's the thing. Here's my, my greatest point is this. Jesus said these two words, which is his impact on my life. He said, either you will serve God or you will serve money. There's no in between that. Yeah. Right. What you did for me in showing me and introducing me to Dr. Miles Monroe is I was able to receive a lot of this knowledge that you're talking about from him. And he broke it. He breaks it all down in a very easy to understand way. And he connects the language of our world today and the structures that we have and the definitions that we have. And he connects them to what we have today back to what's in the Bible or back to what was originally intended by God. And he, and he breaks it all down. And that made perfect sense to me because like I told you, I, I, uh, I believe in the principles, right? I have this friend named George who I'm going to have on the show at some point as well. And George talks about the principles and he says the products and the message and the, the, the methods will change over time, but the principles will never change. The principles will always stay the same. And that's why I was able to resonate with a lot of the things that you talked about that day in Jamaica. And, and that's what you talk about now. That's what you're saying here. And that's what Dr. Miles Monroe says as well. But how did this come back to you in business? How did, how did this lead you to 
you know, being the cinematographer that you are and having the success with over a billion views on YouTube? So like I, I go back to the principle of management. Okay. Okay. So by me, here's the thing in school, I was never taught to be an entrepreneur. Amen to that. I hear you. Why don't they teach that in schools? You're not teaching my kids now either. That's the greatest thing you could ever teach a child. Tell me why you think that way. Because it's like, here's the thing. God gave man dominion. Dominion means rulership. What are you supposed to rule if it's yeah. not in the area of gifting? Yes. Yeah. So we're supposed to govern, rule, manage in areas of gifting. We're all gifted in different areas. Yeah. And if we and if we have dominion in our gift areas of giftings, bro, I promise you this world will be in such a beautiful place, such a happier place because everybody is flowing in their gift. Right. <laughs> so what what is a gift? What is someone's gift? A gift is an ability to Here's the thing. My gift is from the beginning of time it was never meant for me. My gift has always been to serve others. Okay. So when when you find something that allows you to serve other people yeah on your gift so that that makes perfect sense because the nature of the word gift means to give right it means to give it means to share so it only makes sense that i would have something that i can give to others absolutely that only makes sense right yeah. and as as entrepreneurs as business owners we're looking for our unique gift or our special ability or our superpower right different different mentors and books call it different things yeah so yours is what what is yours exactly my gift is, so my gift is to, in the entertainment world, to create content, okay? I, th- I believe there's enough garbage out there. Yeah, right. My goal is to change that. Yes. To infiltrate the system of the entertainment business and turn it all around and bring God's kingdom into that system. Amazing. And to bring God's culture into that system. Amazing. Wow, into the entertainment industry. Entertainment. Jesus wow. said, be in the world, but not of it. Yes. He said, be in the systems and change that. Yeah, be in the world, but not of it. Be in the world. And he said, the Bible says that for God so loved the world. It never said for God so loved the earth. Right. For God so loved the systems that he died for that. So your gift is, so you're bringing God's message and God's kingdom and and this new energy, if you will, this new vibration, if you will, into that space. Yes. God said, be of the world, not in it. He said, be in the world, not of it. Sorry, be in the world, not of it. So you're in the entertainment industry, but you're not of the entertainment industry. Correct. I'm not being influenced by the entertainment industry. I got that. Yeah. I'm influencing that. I'm bringing change to where I'm at. That's beautiful. That's absolutely profound and special and powerful and needed because people's perception, when you hear about what's, what really goes on in there, it's a, it's a dirty world. It's a dark world. It's scandal and secrets and, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. So my goal is to change and bring the kingdom of God into the systems of the entertainment industry. Amazing. Some are called to do that in the politics. Some yeah. are called to do that in banking. Some are called to do that in the school systems. Right. I'm called to do that in the entertainment world. Wow. And that's the coolest purpose. That's my purpose um, in the world, in Amazing. life. <laughs> Would you say you got to this level of success just by following that message, just by being committed to your to your to your path, to your gift? Yeah, absolutely. I think, like I said, it's... My desire has always been to seek God first, mm. to seek his kingdom, to seek knowledge of that. And the word seek implies that I got to go after it. It doesn't come to me. Right. See, <laughs> yeah. So God can only deposit in me the level of hunger that I show him. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. So, oh my God, bro. Say that again. God can only deposit in, if he's a teacher and we're the students, he can only deposit in us what we allow him to deposit in us, the level of hunger that we show him. Right. Makes perfect sense. Because I used to tell people, you can't give what you don't already have. <laughs> right? right. That's exactly. just simple, simple, obvious truth. You can't give what you don't already have. I can't, you come over to my house. I want to feed you. I can't give you food if I don't have food in my fridge. Absolutely. Right. If you, if you, if you need, if you, you come, somebody comes to ask me for a loan, you don't have 500 bucks in your bank account. You can't give them 500 bucks. Right. When I was doing the relationship work, when I was known as the white hitch, when I was coaching people, singles, helping them find great partners, I was saying, you can't give what you don't have. You can't give love if you don't have it. That's right. And how are you going to receive it if you don't have it either? Absolutely. You need to have some essence of it in order to receive it because like attracts like, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So here's the thing. I think, like I said, in the schools, we're never taught entrepreneurship, which is something that now I get the privilege to teach my boys. Yes. Because my my thing in life will be to discover what their talents are and to nurture that and let them know that, listen, school's important. Yes. Mm -hmm. Depending on what career they want to take, school's important, but also demonstrating and showing them that if th- their gift will make room for them. The Bible says your gift will make room for you. It never says your education will make room for you. We're taught in this system of, of man. We're taught in the system of the world. Yeah. We're taught that your education will make room for you. We'll open the door and all this stuff. God said, no, my system is backwards. He said, the gift that I put in you will make room for you. will present you before kings and queens of the earth. <laughs> bro, bro, I'm just... Just my mind is just blown. My brain is just on fire. He said, I don't operate like the world system operates. I operate different because I created you from the beginning of time. He said, the gift that I placed in you will make room for you and you will prosper because of that. What do you mean make room? Make room. What what does that mean? The gift that I put in you will make room for you. Will make room. In other words, will open the doors that man can open. Ah, so it'll clear a path. Absolutely. It'll clear a path. It'll move mountains. It'll it'll place you in front of the right people, the right <laughs> the right circumstances, events, situation, and people, so that your gift is given and you receive and you prosper in return. Absolutely. There you go. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing, bro. This is this is pure pure gold. This is pure gold. I went to an event. My wife and I went to an event last night. It's called Mo Mondays. Stands for Motivational Mondays. And it is a great thing. It's been going on for seven years here in Toronto, seven years. And it's a monthly event where speakers get up on stage 10 minutes at a time and they do a little talk and they share a story and they share about their life. And it's really great stuff. They have all kinds of different qualities of speaker. And um, anyway, we went last night and we attended and a woman talked about how she was just kind of going on through life and just kind of going on, going out about her life. She's in her late thirties. And then a friend of hers died and they were very, very close. And it had her realize how short life is and how little time she actually has left on the planet. Half of her life lived maybe, right? So she's like, I always wanted to do music. I always wanted to be a musician. So all of a sudden she starts going to shows, going to events, talking to people. She starts doing some open mics. She starts singing. And she starts getting these doors open. Next thing she knows, she's on tour with another musician. Next thing she knows, she has a a YouTube video. Next thing she knows, she's on stage with Aerosmith. And she's watching Steve Tyler. And she's next to him performing. And and all these doors are opening and all these things. And that was the message from last night that I took away. That I'm applying right to what we're talking about here very next day. That's amazing. It's the principle. You can't 
the biggest problem on earth is two things religion and po and, and politics but nobody can ever argue a principle a principle that works maybe a principle that's true a principle that works i don't care what culture language whatever you can never argue a principle yeah principles work and it applies to whoever when you have a gift your gift will make room for you now there's some that use their gift for the negative there's some that use it for the positive <laughs> but no matter what no matter who you serve whatever your gift will make room for you and i believe that my gift has made room for me now yeah i've i've had to master my craft yes i've had to practice like nobody's ever thought before perfect I've been doing this for 12 years. Yes. You know, it didn't start overnight. That's it's right. It's taken a long process to like the power of management. Okay, let me, I did the nine to five for a little bit. And I did the nine to five, nine to five. But after the nine to five, I'd go home and work on my gift and practice on my gift and master my gift and my craft. And eventually my gift made room for me. I left the nine to five. Now I do this full time. Okay, so you were, you, you so this was your, five to nine thing while you were doing a nine to five thing. Correct. And then you kept practicing. Like you said, it's been 12 years. You kept working on your craft, working on your craft, practicing, and you're studying as well. And I think you're applying these principles, obviously. And this is part of what has brought you to this, this amazing success Correct. as well. And that's my growth in my life. Every year I'm seeing an increase, not only in relationship, but in finances too. It's like all these things are working because the power of management. The day I lack the power of management where I stop responding to emails, where I stop being diligent with calls, where I stop doing this, all that stuff will dissipate. What is the power of management? What is what is management as you describe it? Management to me, like I say, in this, what I do, everything is relationship-based. So if I mismanage a relationship, I end up burning a bridge. Yeah. Or end up burning a, a commercial work that I did with a company. Right. That's, that's management. Management is me staying on top of my, my gift, managing my emails, managing all this stuff, finding time, how to balance my time within work, family, because I can't forget about my family. Yeah. I'm trying to chase money. I don't chase money. I've stopped that mentality, that mindset. I don't longer chase money. Chase a need. When you chase a need, money follows. Yeah. Okay, so you chase a need. What do you, what what need do you chase? I chase a need. I'm a problem solver for companies. They hire me to solve their problems. And and the problem is a video, video or you know what I'm saying, interviews. Yeah. To play their company on the visual platform. Very cool. Well, that's the basic the, that's the basic essence of business is finding a solution for a need, is solving a problem. That's that's right. business, is solving a problem. That's it. Absolutely. That's that's what it's all. That's all it is. It's all it's ever been. It's all it ever will be. Yeah, and it's you serving your gift to others. Right. You necessarily are not not seeking the money, but you seek the power to serve your gift to others. And you know the money is the byproduct of all that. I have a, right. a friend that says money is a result, and it's a result of applied effort. You know, correct thinking. You know, consistency. That kind of that kind of thing. Absolutely. So, like I said, it's been twelve years. You know, it's I've been. My gift has made room for me to work with certain people. Certain artists have such a huge platform. Yes. That's why my videos reached a billion views, over a billion views. Yes. Because God has graced me with the gift, grace, and he presented me before these people that have influence. <laughs> it's all about influence. My desire to be a, a person of influence. 
Because if people of influence, bro, they have the platform. People desire to see to hear them talk. You know, it's like people pay money to hear you talk because they're curious to know how you made it. How'd you get there? So God has graced me with the right people, bro. And these people have such a huge platform. I have one artist that'll pack out arenas. Over 100,000 people show up at our concerts. <laughs> you talk about influence. Yeah. So God has graced me to work with that person. Yeah, no and kidding. Working with that person the platform they have is like views of millions and millions of views. And when I first started this, that was never my intention for views or anything like that. My intention was just to serve people with my gift. And that was all a byproduct what what we see nowadays. I have a theory that some of the things we've talked about, it seems counterintuitive, right? This word counterintuitive, we're familiar with what it means now because it kind of defies simple logic, sequential thinking, right? What you talked about with God working backwards, God working in his own way. You know, somebody said, uh, you know, sometimes backwards is forwards in God's economy, <laughs> right? Yeah. To me, it's not counterintuitive. It's counter egoative because yeah. the ego thinks linearly. The ego thinks small. The ego thinks in, you know, small ways and it thinks in prescribed conditions. And it's very conditional. It's very conditional. It's like, if this, then that. But in what you're talking about, it seems like it supersedes that. Your gift made room for you and connected you with these influencers and these artists of larger scale. Right. Right? So... never achieve on my own. Yes. Right. So that's why in this thing, what's kept me humble is that fact that God has presented me before greatness. Yes. Great people that have great influence. Yes. And that keeps me humble, bro. There's, you know how many filmmakers are way better than me? Listen, and I'm here every day to learn my craft. How can I be better? How can I become better? What are the tools that I can buy in my company that will allow me to get to the next level? Wow, that's a great question to ask. Yeah, it's like I've learned what are the tools? What? How can I improve my craft? I'm not, I'm not sizing myself with anybody. I'm not comparing myself with nobody. I'm just being me. <laughs> I'm just working my gift. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... We live in a culture where you got to size yourself up with the next man. You have to, if he drives a Mercedes, you got to drive a BMW. And this, this thing that we live to please others is crazy. Wow. And I'm like, listen, I'm fulfilled in, in sharing my gift to the world. Personally, I have peace that surpasses all understanding because I know my purpose in life and my my purpose is to serve others. Yeah. You're a man of joy as well. That's one thing I didn't mention in the beginning of the show. You're a man of joy. Like since I met you that day, you know, we exchange a lot of voice messages over Facebook. So whether it's in Jamaica or on Facebook or here today, you're a man of joy. And my wife says, joy is your only job. You know, she, she wrote a book by that name. Joy is your only job. You're a man of joy. How is it that you're filled with such joy? And you don't, you don't care what other people think. You're not, you're not competing to buy the same car as these other people. That's right. Well, because in my kingdom, joy is found in my kingdom. <laughs> joy is the culture of heaven. But we're on earth, bro. Exactly. I'm, I'm playing advocate here for a little bit. You know, I'm playing right. the other side here for a bit. But, the thing is but that Christ came. He did not. Christ did not came to establish a religion. He came to establish a kingdom on earth. And Jesus prayed these words. He said, "Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Let Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth." Just like it is in heaven. In heaven, there's no sickness. In heaven, there's no disease. In heaven, all there is is joy. All there is is peace. All there is is love. He desired for that culture 
to fill the earth through his children. So people, when they see my life, they need to see how the kingdom is, the way I express myself, the way I love on people, the way I, I handle problems. People need to see the kingdom is alive within me through my lifestyle and that joy that I bring. <laughs> Imagine if in heaven there's no sickness. You know how happy the people are? <laughs> yeah. It's part of our culture in heaven. Right. And so I've trained my mind to, to receive the kingdom and the byproduct of receiving the kingdom, joy comes with that. Peace has come with that. That's why there's a bunch of millionaires out there that you think they got it all, but reality, they lack peace and they lack joy yeah. because they're hustling to get the money. Right. So if there's only two things that someone can serve, you said, you said God or money, those people are serving money. Correct. And if I serve the one who created everything, then he creates everything. Money will come because he created money too. Thank you. See, money's not bad. Correct. People people need to understand money's not bad. But serving money or the, the love of money could be bad or could be evil. Like it's not there's money's not evil. Correct. Money's not evil. Money is you need money to survive. So the difference is do I love money more than I love God? Do I serve money? Is that my focus 24-7? Or do I desire the one who created money? <laughs> Who owns money? Who owns all of this? Who owns everything? I'd rather seek the one who owns everything instead of the money itself, because money is on paper and, and whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's like if I served, if I were, if we were in the medieval times and we did have kings walking around and all that stuff, palaces and servants and all that stuff. Would you rather serve the merchant at the marketplace or would you rather serve the king? That's right. Absolutely. I'd rather serve the king. I'd rather serve the king. And I'd ra- and to be honest, I'd probably rather help solve the king's problems. Yeah. Right. That would be a fulfilling path and a fulfilling path to abundance. I'd be like, King, what are your problems? Help me serve the greater need. Help me help you. Let me help you serve the greater need of the people. And in God's kingdom, we don't forgive people because he told us to. We forgive people because it's our culture. Dude, when it's in the culture, bro, have you noticed when you go to New York, you go to Chinatown, Jamaica town, the culture is in the people. Yeah. We carry the culture. Wow. I see what you mean. Because as Canadians, I hope that I believe and I know that when Canadians travel to other countries, they're well respected and revered because of their kindness and their genuineness. And I and I hope that my fellow Canadians are are going places with the same spirit and the same culture. And, and that is bringing a good name to Canadians as a whole. I'm proud of being a Canadian. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's beautiful. Man. And so people need to see what the kingdom is like through my lifestyle because I represent the government of the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom is within me and that kingdom culture is within me. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. I just want to say for everyone who's listening, you're not putting on a show right now. This is, this is, this is how you talk on a regular. (laughs) This is how you talk on the regular. So do your corporate clients get scared by this? Do they get weirded out by this? No, I, I, like I said, in, in the corporate world, in the marketplace, I, pre- I teach the principles, you know what I'm saying? But when I met you, I felt the need to share the kingdom with you. Oh, okay. So you'll share the principles, which is the message with everyday other people. But with some people, you share the kingdom directly. Correct. Woo! Well, I'm glad you did, bro, because I like to convey the truth and I like to let people make up their own minds. This is not a religious show. This isn't even a religious conversation. But right. some people could mis- misinterpret this and say, this is a religious conversation. I don't like this and shut off the episode. And I'd be like, well, you know what? You're missing out on a lot of good stuff that is just good knowledge, irrespective of religion, irrespective of the powers that be. This is good knowledge for you to have in your mind. Because if you look at something outside called nature, you'll see trees. 
you'll see, I look outside, I see snow right now. And as we see the snow and the trees or the fruits on the trees or the sunshine or the rain or the wind, we're seeing a system. The system is called nature. Something developed that system. Systems are created from within other systems and other, other levels of intelligence. So whether you're religious or not, you know, I really feel like listen to this episode because you're going to understand pieces of nature and pieces of life that apply to you and apply to everything on planet Earth, whether, you, whether we like it or not. I got another mentor that says, I don't know why it's that way, but it is that way. I'm just going to follow that way. (laughs) And the greatest mentor I've ever had, besides my brother, great friend, Miles Moreau, Jesus Christ himself. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for to them belongs the kingdom of God. So he, with that statement, he said, there's nothing else on earth, anything, anywhere, whatever you seek. There's nothing that can fulfill the emptiness of the soul except for the kingdom of God. That's a deep statement, brother. It's all very deep, bro. I think we're gonna have to have you on again because you just <laughs> you just leave us with with questions, and that's cool. You know, that's yeah. cool because with questions comes more clarity and comes more knowledge and, and comes understanding, and understanding is very important. So we're gonna we're gonna have to have you on again. I just want to thank you for being on today. Is there a place where you share this knowledge? Do you have a medium of your own, like uh, your own? website or blog or podcast or, or something like that? Or do people just have to get your message through your videos? Yeah, um, basically, I mean, I'm actually, it's funny, like I've revamped my, my office area behind the computers, another wall there that I'm going to be putting, decorating and all that stuff for a podcast. And that podcast is going to be directly on the kingdom of God and like the topic of the kingdom and like teaching people about the kingdom. <laughs> That's where people are going to hear the message of the kingdom. This is perfect. So that's where they'll be able, um, it's all in the works, but right now people can see my work on GustavoOrtega.com. I'm on Instagram as GusOrt, G-U-S-O-R-T. YouTube is like GusOrt777, I believe, and that's where they can see my work. But yeah, it's, like I said, man, I think this message is so important. I think people need to hear this message. It's a beautiful message of hope because it's, it's, it's a government. It's the most perfect government ever. Yeah, it's, it's the most powerful government and the only government you'll ever need. Correct. So, and it's not, and it's not Republican or, or Democrat. <laughs> it's not liberal or conservative. It's, not red or blue. No, none of that. It's universal. It's planet Earth. It's time to unite the people and unite the planet. Absolutely. This is one way to so, do. It. I love it. That is my goal. And uh, once I get that podcast rolling, I'll let you know. And uh, and we can do one another another chat. Yeah, man. With you, because, you know, I just love chatting with you, brother. Absolutely. Same here. We could do this another hour, hour and a half easily. Awesome. That's right. So GustavoOrtega.com. G-U-S-T-A-V-O-O-R-T-E-G-A.com. Dot com, yeah. And, and I'm sure people just Google your, your name as well, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is like a main page. just And then it'll link you up to like my YouTube channel and all that stuff. So Amazing. Yeah. Bro, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Thank you for everything you're, you've shared. I highly recommend people check out you know, your content and your website and your video and just get to know you some more. Thank you so much for being on the show today, brothers. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you, man. Pleasure's all mine. Like I said, man, I hope uh, to see you when you come to Orlando. Yeah, man. We get to spend some time with each other. And like I said, man, I, I value our friendship. Thank you, brother, for everything. Same here. Thank you as well. I'll see you soon. All right, Michael, take care. All right, bro. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Business Brilliance Podcast. 
I am your host, Michael Santanato. If you liked this show and you want to know more, then check out businessbrilliancepodcast.com. Businessbrilliancepodcast.com. Give us some feedback, drop us a line, or if you know a great guest, then let us know. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Join us next week when we talk to another great entrepreneur and talk about their business and what makes them brilliant. Do you want to be a guest on the show? Let us know at our website, businessbrilliancepodcast.com. Have a great week and stay brilliant. And subscribe for more great episodes.